Stand by for action. Everybody. Welcome to the Back to the Punk Till I Die podcast, episode number 269, I've been informed by my friend Neil. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing okay, yeah, man. Getting on towards 300. We'll have to do yes, another yes, listener, another listener show. So, anyway, I don't want to waste too much time. Mm-hmm. Punk Till I Die 77 at Gmail, Punk Till I Die in the Facebook group, maybe whatever social media Neil has set up that we forget to check. <laughs> no doubt. I'm pretty excited for our guest today. Yeah, big and I, one. I appreciate Mark uh, Mark Rainey, our friend, kind of facilitating this. Yep. Neil, our guest today, is an author. He's a musician, and he's probably you know best known as being the singer for Poison Idea for thirty, uh, off and on at least for thirty years or so, more than that. We have with us today Jerry A. Lang from the beautiful state of Oregon. How you doing, Jerry? No, it's from Washington, Tom. Hey guys, you got that wrong you already. Doing? You got that wrong already. Did I get it wrong already? Yeah, it's Vancouver, Washington, buddy. He just told us that. Well, you know what? <laughs> Neil, I'm or Tom, I'm in um, I'm in Vancouver, but I'm I'm from Portland, and you know I was very born in Oregon, and I just just basically got. Uh, ran out because of the prices we got priced out of oh, portland yeah. it's just so fucking ex- can i say fuck oh, here of course yeah, yeah, so please, you as much as you want <laughs> no, no, I won't, no, no. it's just so expensive portland was so expensive and um you know me and my wife are both trying to work full-time and it still was insane so it's you know a lot of people from everywhere it's you know kind of kind of like the hipster capital of the world you know yep. all the people from from New York City moved here and just, you know, the, when they started having the avocado toast and the, <laughs> you know, $17 cups of coffee and stuff, we're just like, uh, we got to, you know, and so we got priced out and we just moved across the river. And, um, yeah, it's, it's you get so a like, bigger bang. So, uh, I mean, it's, the city, when you guys, you know, when you started playing music in 1980, was Portland still pretty much like a redneck logging town or was it already heading that direction, like the hipster direction? No, you know, it's always been that way because, like, I've told people it's the, you know, as far as, like, the pioneers go, it's the last place you, you keep. I, I was telling oh, you, the ocean. I was talking, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, you're going further. You're going to, you know, the Japan's next. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, this, like I was telling somebody earlier. I, I forgot who it was, but I was telling them that there used to be, like, a trading post on the Columbia River here for the fur trappers and stuff. Uh, when they sold the, the statehood in like 1847 or whatever, the Canadians from the trappers went up to Canada and named that city Vancouver. And uh, then a couple of years later, people started moving to Portland across the river. And eventually the loggers and the trappers, you know, the, they pretty much took all the fur and, and, you know, depleted that. So then there's logging because they started building cities, building, you know, and, uh, and it's a port city too. It's right on the ocean, so you know they go around the Cape, and it's that's the highways of you know yester yesteryear. So um, it's always been that way. 
um, the pioneers, you know, people mm-hmm. trying to run for religious freedom or personal freedom or whatever, and they get to Portland, and that's as far as you can go, or, you know, the coast. Hmm. So how, how long... And it's always... I was going to say, how, oh, go ahead, sorry. how long ago was it that you moved from Portland? Was it just a couple of years, or was it was it just recently? Um, well, like I said, I'm, I'm sitting here right now in this room, and I'm looking. I can see Portland right now. Yeah. That's right. I can see it across the river. But it's we moved out of there about five years ago. Okay. Yeah, but I, you know, I go in there. I have still my my ad my post office box is there, and. Uh, you know, I lost my phone <laughs> about a year ago, and the number I've had on my phone for 20 years, mm. it made me change my number because I'm living here now, and I still go to this store and try to punch in my phone number, and I'm like, what is my number again? Because I still have my Portland, my Portland number that I've had forever. So, so yeah, I'm still, you know, I might be living here, but I'm a Portland guy at heart, you know, still. The other thing that's funny is you, you mentioned that you're doing some remodeling. Are you overseeing the remodeling, Jerry, or are you like, down on your hands and knees with a hammer are you, are you like doing the work yourself well my idea of remodeling is building shelves in the garage you know well that's pretty, that's pretty good <laughs> yeah but it's like it's you know it's like kind of like the flintstones or something you know it's like just <laughs> I mean, like you know it's just you know my idea of it, it's, it's always like oh we'll just get some duct tape duct tape will fix it you get this, you know? <laughs> it's good and they're like people are like no no you can't do that i'm like what about this you use this with a hose. This is like, nope, it's, you can't do that. So, but, uh, yeah, my, it's just like, like see, my wife, more. my wife, God bless her. She has a lot more confidence in my ability to do things that I have in myself. So she's a, yeah, we're big DIY people ourselves. So I, I feel your pain to a certain extent. Well, everything's, everything's YouTube now or Google. That's yeah. true. That yeah. is very true. true. Yeah. You can find anything you need to do. Yeah. Yep. On the YouTube. So, so Jerry, when was the last? When was the very last uh, Poison Idea show? Well, we we were playing for some years, and uh, I just you know it was I decided that we wanted to go just go out a band. Yep. I was going through some people with like I mean this guy Vegetable he he quit and kind of left us high and dry right before we were supposed to go to Japan. Okay. And we were sh- we were shifting people. We got down Andy, who used to be, who was in the Gits at one time. He came down from Seattle and filled in. And I was just getting tired of kind of. We were some shows were kind of limping along. Some shows were good. And I said, you know what? I want to I want to get together, get these band. I grab these guys. My old bass player Chris Carey, um, the guys who were on uh, Confuse and Conquer and Latest Will and Testament. I want to grab these guys get a new guitar player and i want to go a, a year out and just play burning shows like we used to do you know i'm off drugs i'm not doing dope anymore tooling on the drinking everybody's kind of halfway hollywood sober you know they're not all fucked up sure. as long as they're you know you can a little, drink a little stuff, marijuana yeah. a little marijuana a little drink yeah 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 that's fine you know everybody does even the president does that but i i don't want you know hard drugs no no thanks no so i want to go out and do like a year from january to December and just kick ass, go to Europe, go to the East Coast, go, you know, all over Japan. And we did it. And we did it. And we played our last shows. We did our last show um, in New York City. We, you know, we toured Japan. We did Europe, did a, like the Rebellion Fest, played all yep. over. I know you did Rebellion. Came back yeah. and did, 
came over and did two shows in New York, and that was it. That was it. And then so you, you, didn't, know, you didn't do your hometown show last. Interesting. We did like two months before. We did like two months okay. before, and that was yeah. And then we kind of it wasn't really like a big like fan goodbye show then, you know. And then we played Seattle around Christmas time, and and that and they were advertising it in Seattle as the last show, you know. <laughs> and as soon as we were done, then people were like, "Well, you know, you want to play South America, and we'll give you this much money." And I was like, "You know, it's tempting, but mm-hmm. I." I, I said no. <laughs> Just yeah. like the Ramones, right? Right, Neil? Wasn't there a bunch of South American money on the table when the Ramones retired? A ton, yeah, I believe. But so Did, did they come what? back and play? Did they come back and play? Or no, they, they didn't. No. Joey couldn't oh, wow. do it. Joey couldn't do it. He wasn't. Johnny was pissed, but Joey couldn't do it. He wasn't physically able. So what wow. So what? Uh, what year is that? 17? Um, you know what? We. It's funny because we, I, we played Japan and everybody in japan was wearing masks hmm. and because they're oh, it's, so, it's, okay. it's japan well it's japan that's their culture hmm. yeah. so i bought some masks and we came back here and three months later covid hit i also was like 20 it was that recently i okay i didn't realize you played that recently okay yeah it was like 19 was the last year i saw you so you guys did a real brief i only, i've only seen you guys one time i think that's Probably being a Midwesterner and you guys being uh, North Northwest, you played a little tour. And the last show of the tour was in Grand Rapids at a bar called the Pyramid Scheme, where there's a bunch of pinball machines. I don't know if you have any recollection of that at all, but um, that's a yeah, no. yeah. I remember that show. I remember that. I do remember that. You were crazy. playing with you were playing with Child Bite, doing a little. I tour do remember stuff. that. Yes, I do. Okay, that's cool. No, I, I remember leaving. I was leaving, kind of walking out the back, and you were you were sitting in the van, sort of hiding out. So I just said, "Hey, man, nice show," but I didn't want to bother you because you clearly didn't want to be bothered. So, oh yeah, anyway. I was freezing that. I was freezing <laughs> that. And I remember that there were some really good bands. Um, Bill, Bill, Bill Bondsman. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're from Detroit. You know who that is, Neil? That's a motto. That's a motto. Yeah, it's his birthday yeah, today yeah. or yesterday, I believe. It? Yeah, happy birthday, oh, Amado. Happy, happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, I, uh, I thought for a while that I'm like for a minute I thought I think I just saw the last Poison Idea show because I think after that was when you kind of started having some serious. That was the confusing, like the end of the confusing conquer cycle, which was a great album by the way to go out. Yeah, on. and uh, well then, well you know what then I I was um, really out of shape and I was kind of dabbling still in drugs and I had diabetes and um, I went we went to Europe and I got gangrene in my feet. Oh shit! And had and had to get some toes cut off. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, I was in like I was in the emergency room in Prague and I had to get like flown back and go straight to the. They, they were going to take my leg off. Jesus. They were going to take my leg off. I got I almost yeah I got I gangrene so bad and so so you know shit like that something like that will make you like a sobering thing. Where yeah, I bet. I, I have to. I have to just stop. Yeah, that'll that, that'll you stop you in your tracks. Yeah, Shit. yeah. You can only have so many last chances. Yeah, but you got to. I'm sure you've seen the pictures of these guys in their in their heyday, Neil. That would have been like a that would have been like a, a like a story of glory. I think in like the nineties, <laughs> early nineties. So. So the the other see I, I was surprised like I said I didn't know you played that recently so the other so the the last poison idea question for a minute for a while at least you still getting calls like come play punk rock bowling I mean is is there is there a number that could get thrown at you that could get the, put the band back together or is it is you close the door on that that part of your life Yeah well I close the door but you know what as you get older you you realize to just to say never say never because you you do that and then that's just you see that on social media all the time. People always say, you know, 
I, I'm quitting drinking. I'm quitting drinking. And then like a month later, they feel like an asshole. And they're like, oh, nah, I'm drinking again, you know. But, yeah. So you don't, don't ever say never because that just sets you up for failure. But you know what? You just live it like a day at a time and go, well, I don't know. But I'm not, I'm not putting Poison Idea back together today. So I know that much. Well, and it seems like like you're not in the place you were when those most of those lyrics were written, which is a good thing, obviously. Oh yeah. Uh, well, you know that's what that's what writing the book did for me was to to rem, to look back and be kind of cathartic and go that oh and then once once I read it I understood why I wrote those songs and what was going on in my life I was like okay that's what was going on I was very very pissed off and and everybody I've met that's very very pissed off is usually very very sad too so that's kind of explains it hmm. I'll tell you what why don't we stick a song in because I can tell we're gonna have a hard time taking song breaks because we're just gonna yep. flow from one thing to the other so let's play that I don't know, Neil. Should you just go in order. Should we play that degeneration? Oh, what can you tell well, us? About well, or, or do you want? Or do you want to play a Poison Idea song first to get it out the way? Because I know you talked about that above. Yeah, play a Ti song. Yeah. <laughs> so which well, one? Well, you want? I picked one just just because I like the song a lot. I picked "Gotta Get Away." Cool with that off of uh, "Feel the Darkness." Or would you rather play something different? We can play whatever you want. Honestly, you're the guest. Hey, man. You know what? That's, let's get let's play some Poison Idea. How about gotta get uh, just to get away? Does that sound good? That's a good one. All right. All right. This is from. Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. Yeah. So this is from uh, Feel the Darkness, 1990, I think. Kind of. Yeah. I don't know if that's. I would say that's probably like their best selling album, but I guess I don't know for sure. Is that the one with Tiny Tim on the cover? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Know that one. Okay. It's a ma- it's a masterpiece, Neil. Masterpiece. Okay. Yes. All right. Poison idea, just to get away. Yeah. 
All right, that was the first song. First song of the show tonight. That was Poison Idea with Just to Get Away off of Feel the Darkness, right, Tom? Yes. There we go. So the books. So I haven't read your books. I'm going to read the books. I'm going to read them all. I I, I, I am so intrigued we, just reading like the reviews of them. We have been on a reading um, tear, right, Tom? Recently, we've been. We have, so yeah, we've yeah. done uh, Mike uh, Mike McGrand's book. Mike, yeah, Channel oh, that's Three. Great. That's, that's a great, great book. book. Um, yeah. And uh, hey, Jerry, do you did you listen to Echo and the Bunnyman at all back in the day? Sure. Okay. So Will Sargent, the guitarist, he's written. He started writing his memoirs. He's written his first two, and those are fantastic. So if you have a, if you had a chance to, to to get those, those are two really good books too. But but yeah. But your book is called, or your books, I should say, because there's three of them, right? It's uh, well, it was. You know what? I wrote it in one book, but um, yeah, I wrote too much stuff. The publisher said it was <laughs> too big. It, it was a giant book. What about like seven hundred fifty pages or something? Right? <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't know if that was here or not. <laughs> like, I, I submitted it, and they go, well, it's, you know, this many thousands of words. And I go, is that good? And they go, well, that's a lot of fucking words. And I was like, well, <laughs> I have a lot to say. So so the book is called Black Heart Fades, uh, Black Heart Fades Blue. And there's three volumes of it, right? Um, 2022, I think it came out, if that, if that's correct. Did you write this all in one all in one go, or were you writing this basically over, like, 20 years or something? No, I'm, it's over a couple years. I, I started in Portland. I was my friend um, who used to have a publishing company called Feral House, lived here. His name was Adam Parfrey, and they put out a bunch of stuff. They did like the Satanic Bible and a bunch of bunch of stuff. He's done uh, Apocalypse Culture. He wrote that, and um, we were good buddies, and we would just hang out, and I, we would drive around, and I'd go, oh, I saw, you know, a car explode in this corner right here or somebody jump off this building right here and and he would he's like you know what you have to write this stuff down he goes if you write it down i'll put it out i'll publish it in my book and and this time he had you know dozens and dozens of books out Mm -hmm. on his publishing and so i started writing it and i finished it and when i got really close to finishing and um adam had an accident and passed away oh dear and so uh I was left with this manuscript and I shopped it around a little bit. And the, and the first people I contacted was rare bird and I sent it to them and they read it and they're like, we love this. This is great. We'll put it out. And, and then, and then they, and they counted the pages. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you write it with somebody else or did you, is this 100% yourself? Other, other than obviously there's editors involved or whatever, but you didn't use a ghostwriter. You just wrote it. No, you know what? It's 100% myself, and I had the first editor, some guy, like, spell-checking it and stuff, and then the second person um, did it, and then the third person did it, and the third person was like, do you want to use the the numeral four or the spelling four? It's like that, that kind of stuff, you know? So it's fairly minimally edited, huh? Um, you know what? <clears throat> There's, I guess... I've. One, one person once said that there's like two grammatical errors in it, so I, I don't know. I've never <laughs> to tell you the, to tell you the truth. To be truthful, like like Poison Idea records or my records, once I once I record them, I never really listen to them again. And the book, once I wrote it, I just go on to the next thing. I've never really said it's not the kind of stuff I want to sit in bed and read. You know, it's kind so of so we're not we're not going to be getting the audio version, the audio audiobook version <laughs> on Spotify. <laughs> Uh, they, there is one, believe it or not. Oh, is there really? Okay. They, did, did you read it? 
No, no, I didn't. And it's funny because it's some it's uh, some some actor guy doing it. It's it's hilarious. Hmm. Morgan for, Morgan Freeman. Probably couldn't afford him. Well, that is funny that they didn't have you do it, even though I think it's very tedious work. From what well, I they tr- they tried to, and and what happened was. I couldn't. First of all, I, I was reading it really fast. I was reading it really fast. I'd get excited, and then I would start to read the story, and I would go like, um, you know, and then you know, she slapped me across the face, and I go, well, actually, you know, the girl actually didn't really slap me. She made uh, kind of shoved me first. Yeah, and I'm adding it, and, and the and the guy in the studio was getting really upset. He's like, you need to do this. You need to blah blah. And I was going, well. I go, I don't, I've never, he goes, do it like an audio book, an audio book. And I go, I've never listened to an audio book before. And he's like, well, well, maybe you should go home and do your homework before you start this, you know? So I was like, well, and so the rare bird said, we need to get a professional to do it here. You're just too crazy. You're just too crazy. <laughs> well, so is it, is it roughly like, okay, so I see, I see the covers, obviously, like one of them has a, is the first like your childhood more or less and the second part's like being a young punk the third part's kind of like a redemption the third act redemption or, or how is that more or less how it's broken down yeah pretty much it kind of it it kind of um ends when when tom passed away okay so that's like 15 with, that's 15 plus years ago right yeah and then, and then and then i and then i i it was an ending i stopped the book i i i stopped it the story came to an end and then um, I met a girl. I met my wife, and everything changed. And mm. I then I wrote that in the book, and that was the end. And then something else. And it just you know, it's life continues. If I was, it's kind of like keeping a journal, and I can keep writing today, you know. But uh, mm. so are you I, s- there was a time where I had to stop. I just had to stop. I'm like, I'm just, I'm continue. Maybe that's why it's you know, <laughs> thousands of pages because I just kept going. Yeah, maybe so there'll be a volume. I was going to say it's going to be a volume four. Yeah, definitely. You know, it definitely could. There's you. You live and you live and laugh, and it's funny. You know. You know, everybody loves a happy ending. Like we all want you to have a happy ending, but I don't know if that's as interesting to read about as the misery that it took to get there. You know, that's. I mean, that's just the truth. And that's how it works. You know, unfortunately. Um, just getting out of it alive is a happy ending. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um. I forgot where I was going, Neil. Maybe we should play another song. Sure. Well, um, so not only has Jerry obviously got his long history with Poison Idea, he has continued to release music. Um, one I wasn't even aware lots of. Lots of, lots Yeah, lots, lots of music. Of I mean, obviously, so there was the EP, the six-track EP, Jerry A. and the Kings of Oblivion, Life After Hate, that came out last year, which we were really excited about and we talked about. I was going to say, that was on one of those podcast. records where Neil and I were texting back and forth going, man, this is really good, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, it's- yeah really good um but didn't did you just i think mark told me today that you just release or about to release um a uh, i don't even know how to say it jism was that the name of the japanese band gizm how yeah how do you pronounce that jerry well it it, it stands for gorilla incendiary sabotage mutineers so i guess it would be gizm it is gizm okay so you're releasing what is it like a covers ep or something of that of theirs we, we did two songs as a tribute for them, and then we tried to do a um, Sakevi, the singer who passed away. He was into performance art and noise um, landscapes, kind of like kind of like psychic TV almost. Mm-hmm. And we tried to we tried to channel him as we think he would 
you know, we tr- we tried to not not ape him or mock him, but we tried to channel him. It's like it's like you know how many times do people play Louie Louie, and every time they do it, it's a different version of it. So we yes. tried to play something Sakebi would play, and it, and it's a noise collage. It's a noise collage. Now, when when you say we, is that Poison Idea? Was this done a while ago, or is this one of your new bands that you have? It's, it was me and the guitar player for Poison Idea, Andrew, and um, yeah, it's, it was the last the last lineup of Poison Idea, basically. Okay. So is it is it going to be is, is it like considered a Poison Idea release, or is it being released under what name? Is it being released? It's Poison Idea doing oh. Gizm. Oh, it is Poison Idea. Okay, boy, that and excellent. Is it out yet, or is it is it is it still yet to come out? You know what? I think it's actually being pressed today. Oh wow. Well, how about that? You heard it here first, folks. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Well, it's it's funny because we we you know after connecting with Mark and we've definitely been going down a TKO rabbit hole. I've been going down a huge Poison Idea rabbit hole, buying all these uh, re- these uh, you know deluxe editions and stuff. But um, it's funny because they do such great work, but I feel like Mark needs a publicist. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> put out amazing records, but we never quite know what's going on. Yeah, that's that's true. Sure, that's true. Yeah. As opposed to somebody like Pirates Press, that's really like you know they probably have several people on the payroll that take care of all that stuff. Yeah. But all right, so what 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 do we you want to let's play? We don't have those songs, Neil. So let's play maybe degeneration and then we could talk about that project because i'm real interested in how that came to be that sounds good so yeah off of the 2023 uh jerry a's uh ep that came out him and the kings of oblivion at the end of 2023 um the ep was called life after hate so this is degeneration Yeah. 
blitz, but not that blitz. Yeah, by by the blitz. So yeah, it's not the degeneration that we might all know by. De- uh, oh, Reagan youth. Reagan youth. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. So this is. Oh, say. Yeah. So Jerry, this is super interesting. So the six tracks off of this EP. Um, a, a two of them originals and four of them are covers. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. The, um, okay. Well, this band Savage Beat is from Amsterdam, and um, they're they're a functioning full band, and they they're kick ass. They have they have a singer, and they're a, a, a band. But they asked if I would sing on um, that song with them. The the or actually it was a it was a song from an Amsterdam band called um what was the name of them i forgot i forgot the name of the gloria unit 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 gloria thank you unit gloria so was that for the double was that for the double seven inch they put out last year or the year before yes yes and so you know what i had a great time with them it sounded good it it, we had it just flowed it was really we the chemistry was really good and um they said you know what we have a couple songs that doesn't fit with our singer he's got his own style he doesn't really want to do these would you like to sing on them and i go sure let's let's pull out a couple let's do some covers too and so they're like i we they like the pink fairies i love the pink fairies the song uh, that band blitz is an old netherlands punk band yeah i never let's heard of them yeah let's do that and let's um you know let's they're asking what would you like to do and i'm like uh, let's do a song by the shit dogs from like Louisiana from the seventies, you know, um, that's the one you'll, that's the Larry Flint song. Okay. The shit dogs. Yeah. yeah. So, so, that's, so, that's reborn. So, that's that song, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll play that yeah. Later, yeah. So, so we just pulled these songs and, and like I say, it just, it just flowed. It was like, it was like riding a bike, you know? And, um, once you do it, you'll never forget how, and it just came naturally. And, and the thing is, is I don't want to say that, so it was like Savage Beat because they're their own band. They're their own band. I don't want to, you know, it'd be like somebody coming in and playing in Poison Idea and calling them Poison Idea with another singer. Mm-hmm. So, sure. so I'm like, well, you know what? Let's let's change your guys' names. You're, you know, Kings of Oblivion. What what kind of band is Savage Beat? Just off the, I've never really heard them before. Oh, rock! They're they're rocking, straightforward, just like a good a cross between rock and roll, street punk. Um, they're not crossover. They're just a good stomping rock and roll band. They're that's like right up our, our yeah. alleyway, right there. That's that sounds good. Now, yeah. now they're from they're from Holland, right? They're Dutch. So how did you get hooked up with them? They just contacted me. Oh, and asked. And they asked them to yeah. sing on the record. Okay, huh. that was yeah. one of our questions. We're like, how's up these Dutch guys? So, do you are you ever in the same room, or did the whole record get made? I assume it got made remotely, right? They record their stuff. You record your stuff. Yeah, but see, okay, I was doing this stuff last night, too. I was in the studio, quote-unquote, last night with, with the way that it is now, and um, we were doing this part, and my the guy I was working with, Andrew from Poison Idea, he was sending me, he's like, where do you want this this crash out on the drums and he would he would videotape it and send me the tape and he's like here here and oh. i was and i'd just write him right back and i'd call him and we were basically like skyping like live like zooming and oh. we were going and, and he would just do it at live and that's what you can do now i've you know i've done yeah. so many things like that with like covid kind of forced everybody's hands to like up yeah. their game it's like we can now we can do this we don't have to you know 
and it doesn't sound compressed or condensed and it's it's live and you know it's it's, it's basically like being in another room it's like they're right next door to me and that's what studios are anyway hmm. yeah that's true but yeah. i i guess i assume that you know that you know but i assume it's a, a little bit of a hard transition just because i i assume for the first 20 years of playing music it was you and pig sitting in a room banging out stuff trying to figure it out you know it's just it, the the lack of sort of organicness to it of a band in a room you know or i'm sure your early recordings are cheap you were sitting on top of each other you're all kind of piled in i just i was gonna be kind of a difficult transition but maybe not if it's over the course of years it, you know what it, stuff evolves sure stuff evolves and it's yeah you know and that and that's there too um you know, um, Hank, Hank Palm, who, who plays with, uh, he used to play in Ghost. He, he was in Portland a couple months ago, and we were writing stuff and together. And we're like, you know, we, we need to do some stuff together. It feels pretty natural. And so he was putting out a new record, and he asked me if I would sing on some stuff. And then I said, well, you know what, let's do this. And, and we're doing the same thing now, too. We're just like basically zooming with each other and writing stuff together and <laughs> and it's it's you know it's it's like i said covid kind of made that it's with with this like technology it's like the jetsons you know like talking to somebody and they're right there so it's yeah. real time it's real time so yep video calling so is it so have you guys ever played live or is, is that i mean are you still interested in playing live or is that something that's kind of difficult no you know point? what with, with the kings of oblivion i would love to go over there they're there we want to do another record this year and hopefully like by late summer or fall go over i'll go over to europe and play some shows with them hmm. and um you know what i worked with this band crime scene um you guys probably have, don't even have that record i'm not familiar with that no well, I'll tell you what, when, before we end this conversation, give me your address and I'll send you these records because I did this record, this, basically the same thing. There's how many songs here? Like 15 songs. And I wow. did them with like, with like 15 bands. So kind of like your I, solo album almost, huh? Your first, like your I first can, solo I, album. Well, that's what it is. That's what it is. The, from the fire into the water. Okay, I don't have that one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, that's the... I'm sorry. Yeah, so that's... You know what? So we... That's what I'm doing now in Portland. Um, I put together some some guys, and we backed this record up. We played a couple shows so far in Portland with this. And we did, we did all the songs off this record. And um, when the Kings of Oblivion record came out, my band, the, the Neo Girls, backed me up, and we did um, some songs off that record, too. So... Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, so you can still play live. Okay. Yeah. So what's the what's the concept behind the From the Fire into the Water album? Is it it's is it all different bands doing different covers that you that you like, or what is the, What is the thought behind that one? You know what? They're, they're, they're not all covers. There's only a couple covers on oh, them. Okay. They're, they're, um, yeah, like uh, well, like the Hard Ons are on there, and they wrote the oh, music nice. and, and asked me to do the the lyrics for them. Um. Different crime scene from from uh, Copenhagen asked me, you know, do you want to do this project? And uh, they sent me some songs, and I was like, sure. And they, I go, what's the name of the band? They go, Crime Scene. You can write whatever you want. So I just took that name, and I'm like, what would if you were in a band called Crime Scene? What would the songs be about? And I'm like, well, Crime Scene. Yeah. The, you know, 
So, so same, uh, same, thing, the same thing Poison Idea songs were about. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. You know, same thing if you had a band called, you know, whatever, The Smiths. It sounded like this, you know. You sound, sound like sad. That. Well, that, yeah, yeah, right. Smiths, but, funnel, but funnily enough, that's exactly why The Smiths called themselves that. So, they, so you couldn't pigeonhole what kind of music they were going to put out. Uh-huh. Sure. See? Well, there you go. Well, I guess I guess I guess we've grown we've grown to associate that name with that kind Yeah, of that's music true. That that is true. Uh, but, <laughs> but I couldn't I couldn't see a band calling themselves the Smiths and sounding like Discharge. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Oh, and I see Savage Beats are on this album too, huh? Okay. Well, that was the yeah, thing. So yeah. so I I don't have the first album, but I I streamed it. And the thing that you'll notice about it, Neil, and you might like this, you might not like it, is musically it's very, uh, it's got a lot of variety because like one of the bands is like heavy. Yeah, I thought. And I, one of the bands, I, one of the bands, is almost sounds like a bar rock band. You know what I mean? So it's kind of all over the place musically, and that's I, I do think I like the focus of the the Savage beat as the backup band. You know, because it's really uh, it's got a lot of continuity it's got great continuity but it's definitely interesting he covers a lot of style a lot of musical styles on that yeah well that's you know what you asked you asked me like what i kind of wanted to how i approach it and and it's um i kind of think it's what i what i missed was like when i was a kid and seeing these variety shows where people would come on and, and go you know like ladies and gentlemen tom jones and then it's like tom jones would play and it's like Next, Aerosmith, and then Aerosmith ah. would come on and play with a, you know, and like here's a stand-up comedian, and here's a guy doing magic, and here's a guy doing this. This is kind of my musical. It's like, it's like a variety show. It's like everything. Like we do like have, you know, yeah, we do like a Nancy Sinatra. So me and me and Jenny Don't from Portland do a, a Lee Hazelwood song, and a Nancy Sinatra, and, and then um, Big Stick from New York City kind of sounds like a. I don't know, heavy, like industrial, kind of like, like skinny puppy type stuff, you know? And it's like, it's like the spice of life, you know, variety. It's like, it's good to, it's good to, that's, that's, Poison Idea was great and we could, and we messed around and we did Booker T songs and we did, you know, uh, you know, what's the, goddamn Jimmy Cliff and we did all sorts of stuff, but yeah. it was always Poison Idea. It was always Poison Idea. And I liked, I like kind of just, doing different stuff to just try different things you should try something different every day you know you should try to do something different every day to just see what you know you never know you never know i love it yeah i love that idea of, of, of the yeah of that kind of old 70s tv show yeah that's that's fun yeah Man, I, fun think stuff. I, the, I think i missed the window on that I, this just wasn't really a thing when i was a kid well i'll tell you what let's play let's play the title track from the new ep neil what what's uh I mean, I think it's kind of self-explanatory, Jerry. But if 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 we got a little bit of an explanation for the title track, I know you wrote this one for the new EP. Is this uh, what's the song about? Change of perspective. Well, they they just gave me a scenario. They said it was about a friend of theirs who was involved in a like some sketchy political stuff, and uh, he changed his ways and just life after hate and he just decided oh, so it's, to it's, it's not all autobiographical you just kind of okay it's like fictional like you okay that's interesting okay yeah it's about one of their it's like it's like poison idea doing alan's on fire that was a true story too you know that was about a guy that you know about killed himself in front of his family you know oh, they're, they're, they're all little they're little stories so yeah <laughs> 
So that's what this is about. Yeah, it's about some guy who just uh, decided to <laughs> didn't want to live in that dark place anymore. All right, let's listen to this. This is uh, obviously Jerry um, Jerry A and the Kings of Oblivion with a title track off the EP "Life After Hate." When you when you announce those, I, I hear the song going to my head. <laughs> well, that's a that's <laughs> a good that's a good start thing. Singing along. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, what what do you think of the? Um, so okay, going back to some point, I don't know Poison Idea that well. I have to admit, I came over here in '84, and they were just one of the bands that kind of bypassed me. Um, but the record collectors are pretentious assholes. So that that whole thing. Um, so what do you think of these days, like when, uh, like the new EP, for example, they'll put out like 100 copies on Orange, 100 copies on Splatter, you know, 500 copies on Black, almost making them instantly collectible for record collectors. What do you, what do you make of that whole thing? Well, if you're asking me if I'm for or against it, I'm, I'm not, I'm not for it, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't go out of my way to do it and say, you know, but, but I, you know, Poison Idea did coin that phrase, record collectors are pretentious assholes. And I just think that it's always been, I think we're a pretty collectible band mm -hmm. because of that reason. So, so if you're going to, you know, I guess there's a, not a better band to do it, not a, a better band to, since we, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, 
So you're so it's I, ironic. It's ironic that you guys are a great collector band, even though you it's <laughs> very ironic. I know because it was it was all a joke when we started doing it. We on the back of the record of record collectors, we put in the corner, pay pay no more than twenty five dollars for this record. <laughs> and when we, and when we put that on there, we were th- we thought there was no way anybody would ever pay more than twenty five dollars for a record. It would be Retail for insane. six bucks or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> so you know what? I've actually somebody sent me a game. Up a couple months ago, and the game is called Record Collectors of Pretentious Assholes, and it comes with cards and dice and a big board, and it has the cards you're playing with are collectible. I think the the I think uh, cough cools the number one, mm, and yep. then there's like the fix, and then there's like you know all these Discord ones, and there's all oh, these uh, vengeance, the fix vengeance. House. Yeah, yes, that's on there. That's on there. But it's all yeah. these cards, and and they, you you collect all these cards, and you collect records, you trade records, and you get to this one goal, and, and it's it's a game, and it's like that actually it really, sounds really fun. It does actually. I want to get that. That sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. If nothing else, it turns you on to, it might turn you on to some cool stuff that you don't know about, right? Yeah. Well, here's a good question. Yeah, but but you know what? I see this stuff all the time. Like when the like when the Sex Pistols, you know, the the fiftieth holiday of a reunion anniversary of you know Holidays. this record yeah. and these yeah, people. Yeah. yeah, these people are these people are collecting it. And I always say, you know, well, which which one sounds better? Because because they all you know. It is. It's. It's nice. Some records are, are. You know, I just bought the first pressing of uh, "Forever Changes" by Love the other day. I saw it in a store, and I have. I have like uh, six different versions of it, and I was just like, "Well, it's the first version. I do. I don't need it, but I, it's more like a piece of art for me. And you can open it up and look at it, and it's with the original labels and the stuff. But I don't. You know what? But the songs all sound the same. They always sound the same it's all about the music it's all the music is what important and it's not the packaging or it's not the orange vinyl it's like if the music is good that's great you know but i do and i do agree with you on that though because i know tom tom and i can we don't argue but we we disagree about this stuff sometimes because he's fine with a repress if it's a decent sounding repress but i always like to try and find the og if i can even if it's expensive just because it's the actual thing that is of that time. I guess it's like getting a baseball rookie card or something like that, right? It's just, it is what it is. Like, if I get a a version of Who's My Generation from 1964, um, the fact that someone owned it back then and might have played, I don't know, it just it just holds a certain more value to me rather than I could go out and buy a copy of it tomorrow, you know, just to repress or something. I like the one that doesn't skip. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I, I, I love a historical artifact. I don't know. I just think it's, I just think it's, it's amazing if you can do it, you know. Well, you know, the, you know, the, the that record, you, you talked about the record records are pretentious assholes. There's a repress of it right now that's available. You can get it from, you can probably get it from Jerry or get it from TKO and it's got extra tracks on it neil it's got this big booklet in it it's 180 gram i mean it's vastly superior to the original pressing in every way really and even though i'm sure the original pressing goes for big dollars but i think that you know we've been talking about this once again not to kick kick, kiss mark's ass too much but man the quality of the stuff he's been doing over there with the poison ideal catalog and the templars and and some of these things do you have an active hand in that jerry you got you guys work on that stuff or you pretty much say mark do what do you want to do no he has to go by me i mean he gives me you know i i have to say yes or no okay and okay but but you know but you know what mark 
is a perfectionist and he's a fan and he puts love into it the way the same love that we put into when we made it and then i never listened to it again mark puts, <laughs> it, into, mark puts it into now by trying to reissue it and make it better than the first time and and like i say he's a super fan and he'll like you know what you should have put these extra songs from that session you did and these outtakes and this and this and and you know these extra books and these photos and yeah, so he'll go. He'll go crazy, guy. He does a really good job. <laughs> Costs you twice as much to ship it when so, he's done with it because it's so heavy. It's like, and, and, <laughs> and guys, you will love this. Just looking on Discogs right now for um, record collectors or pretentious assholes. The OG from 1985 goes yes. from four hundred and ten dollars to nine hundred and four dollars. There's only four available. So, <laughs> so there you go. So that twenty five dollars uh, price you had on there is a bargain. Yeah. Are you? <laughs> How about that? I remember, like ten years ago, I ordered some stuff from I don't I don't I ordered it must be straight from the band, and I know you left a little note in there and you sent me the stuff. Are you still like the Poison Idea one man machine? If people order stuff from Poison Idea, are you are you still handling all that stuff, or did you delegate that somewhere along the lines? No, I do it myself. But you know what? People don't get them sometimes. We 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 do a band camp and we do a Poison Idea big cartel. I do a big cartel. Yeah, they're both they're both hands on. I do them. I get the orders, and um, you know people send me stuff like um, Diz from he used to play in the Prodigy. Mm-hmm. He plays in this new band called Janice Stark, and he sent me like I, I bought like ten CDs off him because I thought the record was so good. So every I, when people would send me an uh, order, it depends on what they, if they like like some thrash metal. If they pick up like War All the Time and Pretentious Assholes, I would include that CD in there. And I would go, you know what? Give this a listen. I think you might like this too. And I send people like others. I include stuff, put like notes in, stickers. I always do that stuff because I remember you, you gave know, me a back. You gave me a back patch. Like it was like so heavily inked, Neil. It would have added like five pounds of. Wait to my oh to my yeah jacket. yeah yeah that was that was a, a hand printed screen the point yeah, they were like red one. I would think they were red but I black and red I can't remember Every, but no, it was, everyone it was, was cool everyone's a different color everyone's a different color and they're all completely different and I think there was yeah this kid in Eugene Oregon made those for me and um gave me like twenty of them and I just included them in different different nice. orders I guess I think it was like ten years ago I don't maybe more I don't even know I can't keep track of can't really keep track of time but all right. So, oh, you know what? Here's a, a, a odd question regarding that. So, the new, the pretentious assholes thing. So, the new version has a poster, Neil, that folds out and has corresponding numbers where you can it lists what all those titles are. Oh, the on cover, the album, you know, the on the album cover sprawl. of that. On yeah, the yeah. Cover of that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, whatever happened to Tom's record collection? Did you end up with some of it? Does he have kids? Did it get sold off? Do you have any idea what happened? Because he was a famous, the guitar player, Neil Pig Champion, was a famous record collector. I mean, that was his collection on the cover of that album. Do you, you, do you know what happened to all that stuff? Yeah, he sold it all. Oh, he sold it all? Yeah. He oh, he sold, sold it all. He's alive. Oh, okay. Well, that's more sad than I hoped, but that's all right. Yeah. I'm looking at the cover right now. I'm looking at it, and... um. Yeah, everything went. Everything went. And some, yeah, there's like, I mean, uh, The Misfits Beware, The Tooth and Nail, um, the ESLA, all those things. You know, went to somebody. 
Yep, Necros. There's a bunch of I can that, see, that fix. I can see company yeah. rejects yeah. on there. I can see screwdriver there at the back. The first. I loved hearing this. Yeah. I loved hearing the story. So, so I'm in, like I said, I'm in Grand Rapids. The original record store that Touch and Go Records used to try to sell their stuff at just about an hour down the road. I get there once, twice a year, and I love hearing Tesco talk about how they were trying to sell these singles, those fixed singles, for two dollars, and they literally <laughs> couldn't sell them. Like nobody would buy them, and now they go for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Well, so. you know, speaking of pretentious assholes. Tom, Tom was a record collector, as you know, and yep. um, he would when the, when the Fix came out here to do their first. They played the Western Front in San Francisco. I think it was the only time they came to the West Coast. <laughs> they yeah, they, they were, were coming, real short-lived. Yeah, they were coming from Michigan, and they were going across and like to North Dakota, to Montana, to down to Idaho, to Oregon, and then down to California. And they had some dates like mapped out and what they did is they would send a press kit with one of their their singles out to these bars and tom found the route and he contacted the bars and wrote to these people and said hey i understood you're going to book this band would you sell me this record and he uh. bought the singles as they were going and he and he bought a couple of them <laughs> and the fix was supposed to play here in portland and we drove to the show and we sat out in front and we waited and waited for hours and Finally, the club owner said they they passed us and went straight to San Francisco. And so, huh. uh, yeah, but Tom got a lot of those. He got their press kits that they put. Nice. Up. It's well, it's funny because they only, like I said, they were very short lived and they were very influential here. You know, they were pre Meat Man, pre Crucifix, pre Negative Approach. They were like, the first, and I never got to see them, obviously. But the. Uh, I, in, a, in one of my nerd punk moments, I was seeing the Meat Men in Lansing, and Steve Steve Miller. I swear it's Steve Miller. Was his singer? He's, yeah, he, fly like an eagle. He, no, not, yeah, not the fly like an eagle. But he he jumped up on stage with the Meat Men. They tore through Vengeance, and it was one of those like real cool. I mean, it was oh, the nineties. Wow. I mean, it was the nineties. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I, I, I'm 50 years old. I I saw a lot of cool stuff, but I I was just not quite old enough to catch the catch the you know the end of the first wave so that's pretty damn good that's the uh, so, that's the first press of nervous breakdown on there isn't it with the different with the different type before they had the black flag yeah, bars yeah. logo that's worth a yeah. lot of money that guy <laughs> all right well you know what like you said there's a poster inside where you can connect all the dots and find every every title on there you should go back and buy them, Neil. That could be your life's work. I think I might. Yeah, well, well, and try and get all those records. I got some of them on yeah. there. I can see already. But you know, are, are you? Yeah, a, definitely. Are you a record collector, Jerry? Do you it have, must be. Since he's got six versions of some records. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe he sells well, them. Yeah, all. Stuff, you know, and like I got, you know, we were in. I was in Paris a year ago, and I was on the street, and I saw um, somebody had a French pressing of "See Emily Play," the original. Hmm pressing of it of pink floyd's first single and so i'm like i have to get this cause, and i already have a pressing of it but i didn't have the french pressing so i guess i am a record <laughs> see, he's, he's very much like me he wants that original history he wants that og history see yeah <laughs> that's a real that's the real reason he moved out of portland he needed more room for his records, records yeah i'll tell you what neil let's play let's play um Let's play that Reborn. Is Reborn next on the list? Um, or we could play That's My Music, which kind of fits in with what we were just talking about. Yeah, which, whichever one you whichever one you want. But that's, yes, well, tell us about the song, That's My Music. Because this one you did on your solo, your first solo. Was that your first solo album, or was that not your first solo album? The, 
No, that's my first solo album. Yeah. So, you, so you've been cranking out tons of stuff in the last couple of years. Um, so this one appeared on both both albums. So what's uh, what's they're your different versions? Back, they're different versions for for the collectors. So they have to buy both of them. <laughs> there you go. How many different color? How many different colors is the wax available? <laughs> It's like I say, you know, it's, it's like I think I got the the perfect job because it's like I'm jumping in and singing with these bands and I don't have to, you know, we don't have to make any rules and we don't have to live with these, you know, we don't have to tour and we don't have to. It's just like, do you want to play with this band? Here's these songs. Do you want to play with this band? Here's these songs. And at night I go home to my house and, and they and they're still the band. They're still the band. They have to live together and they have to. But I don't have, you know, it's it's I'm best of both worlds. I love it. Well, yeah, I'm sure because you know these guys are you know they're, they're probably a, a little newer to the scene. They're thrilled to have you singing with them, and uh, yeah, you still get to get your creative juices flowing. I think that's cool. So, and so they, what? Nick ass too. Yeah, no kidding. So, what's tell us about this song? What you? How'd you pick this? Why'd you pick this one? Uh, you know what? They they came to me with this song. It's like they're it's from from the Netherlands. It's a it's an old Netherlands stomper. Like it's kind of I would say it's the equivalent to our like you know being American and like being in the glam having like having like ballroom blitz or something. Yeah, you know? I was gonna, oh, I was okay, gonna say could, yeah, it's very much like that, isn't it? It's very see, it's I very early it glam. More like see, I was thinking it was soul or like uh, like like a soul music. Oh, interesting. No. Okay, it's a stomper. Yeah, it's like an old it's like a it's like an old glam stomper. So. Yep. Well, let's listen to let's listen to it, everybody. So, uh, yeah, we're going to play the Jerry A. and the Kings of Oblivion version. Um, this is uh, that's my music. <laughs>
Originally by Unit Glory, am I correct about that? Yeah. Unit Glory, okay. Yeah, they, they they look like stompers, man. They've all got big beards and they uh they look like they oh, yeah. look like they could kick some ass, yeah. Flared flared pants and uh high heels. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and sunglasses and big hats, yeah. Afros. The full shebang. Well, <laughs> 1966 to 1976, so they uh, they stopped just just on the cusp of punk right there. Yeah, good stuff. Saw, saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. So you were saying you have you, you think you're going to do something else with the Kings of Oblivion? Are you going to do a second one of these EPs or an album or something? Yeah, we're we're gonna. That's the our plan is to do another record of originals and maybe a couple more covers and. Um, because they have they have songs that they've they're writing and you know I have I have my guitar here and I play stuff all the time and it fits in with that style you know if I want to write something that goes I wouldn't ask these guys to do you know a slow gothy country western song because that's not that band but but if I wanted to do that I have another band that would do that so it's just whatever you know see it's in, it's with- it's interesting you say that because i know that i i know from a comment you left on another facebook group that you're a fan of early Ge- uh, generation x right you're a fan of durwood uh, and when we had well, sure. when we had durwood on the show he was actually talking about that he didn't feel any um any boundaries anymore so he can play he's doing some stuff with the guy from eater and then he's doing some crazy spacey country stuff you know he just sits out in the desert and just does whatever he feels so i I completely get that. Well, you know, I've been listening to um, Dave Allen from the Blasters' new band, The Third Mind, mm. and um, they're like, they go off and jam, and they do these jams, and I guess there's even a song that, that's a Grateful Dead song, and I, I don't, I'm never really listening to the Grateful Dead, but uh, mm. it's 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 great. It's great stuff. The singer, Jesse Sykes, this woman singing, and it's just beautiful music, and I'm like, wow, that's kind of what I want to, you know, no boundaries. It's, if it's if it's good, it's good. That's true. Is is Dave, is Dave the guy that stayed with the Blasters, or was that, was that Phil? I forget which one stayed with the Blast was Blasters and which one left. You know what? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, Phil was a singer. Yeah. 
so so he probably stayed but yeah david's a guitar player and then this new record is he's got two records out and um they're going to be playing portland i got tickets to go see him so it's I'm excited about that. Talking about the old days like that, so we we just our last episode we did something called Six Strings of Punk, where which where Tom and I both talked about like six of the songs that got us into punk back in the beginning. What what were some of your earliest uh, recollections of getting into punk? Like what were some of the bands that you were into back then? Um, you know what, we had a really really good in Portland. Um, we have radio station here. That even though the shows were only like once a week. I'm talking like, you know, 78, mm-hmm. 77, 78. It was uh, the guy, Joe Carducci, who started working for SST later. And he wrote um, he wrote a book, but he was a DJ here and he had a record store. And I mean, he would play everything, like everything. As punk is as punk as punk. And so, so you just soaked up everything. And back then it really wasn't uh, pigeonholed. It wasn't so much, you know, it didn't have to be this way. It wasn't this one thing. It was like, I mean, you know, they played, well, actually later, like a year later, like when The Fall, mm-hmm. Screedy Pulini, Joy, all the rough trade stuff, you know, the normal or whatever. And then there would be like Menace and the Users and the Killjoys mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. That was there too. You know, whatever, Johnny Moped or whatever. Yep. So there was all that. There was that. And then there was there was like everything and it was just like so much stuff and there was so much variety it was, was everything was different Every, everything had its own life and its own it was there was nothing really that i put the killjoys and the users and you know that stuff all together you know because that was kind of kind of this the drones you know because like, that was kind of the same but there was then then you have this stuff like i say like the fall mm-hmm. or or and it was completely different completely different but it was still just as exciting and you know just as exciting and so there was there was everything there was basically there wasn't really anything i didn't hear that i didn't really like there was nothing that i didn't i turned up my nose to i was like wow this is great to everything even like even like pil you know i was like wow this is amazing you know what was the, like what, so much stuff what was the first punk rock show you can remember going to buying tickets to go see i know i know what it was it was um the the wipers very first show oh nice yeah that makes sense yeah 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 because they opened for a couple bands here in portland like local bands and i went there and they just moved up from florida and they were playing their first show and i saw and they opened and i was like wow these guys are amazing and so then i started going to shows like as much as i could you know Mm -hmm. but yeah so that was that cool tom you still with us I am. I actually went. I snuck out and took a leak. <laughs> I thought you might. <laughs> and I'm back. If you get quiet like that, that's what I assume. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You know. Neil. Jerry. Jerry's been around long enough. I'm. I'm. I almost am curious to go back to one of our old favorite throwback questions. Did you? Do you know any of the Ramones, or have you had any interaction with any of the Ramones? Yeah. Did you play with them at all? No, I've seen them a bunch. Hmm. But I never, we never play with them. They were, you know, what they're, yeah. We, you know, you, you respect people like that. You always say, if you like, you know, give them their space and say hi to them when you see them. But I don't want to like bug them, you know. I bet I've, I've learned that. I've learned that my, my friends would play with somebody, you know, some big bands, and I'd be like, oh, could you, you know, have them sign this for me or do this? And they're like, you know what? Just give them their space. Just leave them alone. <laughs> you know, so. you don't, so you don't have a story of like Johnny Ramone chasing you around with a wooden spoon or something. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, no, I'd always leave them alone. I'd always just like say hello to them and just be, be friendly, you know. I, I do it to all people I like, you know, whoever. I mean, we play with the Germs later, you know, when they got the new singer. Ah, yes. And we actually played with them and hung out, and I was just like really friendly. I was just like gave them their space. And, and there's, there's, you know, we've played with, you know, when we started back when we kind of one of the first ways, I mean, we opened, we were like one of the premier Portland punk bands, so we would play with... You know, Black Flag, Fear, The Bad Brains, Discharge, all those bands like Boom, 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 you know, Raw Power, everybody just on and circles. So we had just like lists of people we play with and we would always just be courteous and, you know, to them and just not, not bug them and not, you know, and you could, you could too. It was like, you know, whoever, you know, district, you know, like, wow, you know, Mike Stone, how does he get that great sound? And blah, 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 you know, so they just leave them alone. Just like, if they want to talk, they'll, they'll initiate it. And that's fine. You know? Yeah. It, it's, it's funny. Part of what I always thought made Poison Idea cool being out so far away geographically. It's just, you guys always have a little more of a mystique, you know, like I, like I love your albums, but I don't really know that much about you guys. I'm not a expert and I don't think you could be, you'd have to take a college class to keep track of your lineups and whatnot. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, well, been, it's a long story. Well, Tom, you have to buy the book. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely gotcha. plan. I do. I swear to you. I well, you ask Neil. People come out here. I've already. I had all your albums pretty much on CD, but now I've been going back and buying like the deluxe, reissue and mark sent me a couple and i've been buying a few and uh i've been enjoying actually revisiting quite a bit hey speaking of speaking of fanboys though so of course one of your most famous fans was kurt cobain did you ever did you ever meet kurt cobain well we played with them too you know oh did you sure i mean when they when nirvana started getting really big they they played a big show in portland and they're just like we want poison idea to play with us oh that's cool yeah so and then same thing too we just you know we left him alone because we knew that he was you know everybody everybody wanted to be his friend everybody wanted a piece of him and we just just were just left him alone we we see him and say hello to him and stuff but that's we weren't Meanwhile, he, cried, he cried himself to sleep he's like man i really wanted to be jerry's friend but the guy won't talk to me what the hell's going on <laughs> no we, we you know like i say we were we we're very friendly to him tom was friendly sure. to him i think i think steve actually steve did bother him and have him sign his records but steve bothered everybody so he would do that so uh but i mean tom was tom was nice to him tom hung out and talked to him and stuff and i mean tom hung out and talked to gg allen too you know <laughs> well you know we we had people on that talked to about gg allen in the old days they said he was a really nice guy of course you know yeah. Pascal, i mean you you know at least a little bit you know uh oh i can't think of his name the singer from any scene uh jeff yeah jeff clinton yeah and uh, he said, you know, he's basically, you know, he'll talk about GGL like he was just, you know, just he misses him. You know what I mean? He doesn't think of him as being a maniac. He just as a, like, no. just a dude. Everybody has their, their times, you know, you can, sure. anybody can be a maniac. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, man, I, I think you got a great story because you can you know, you kind of were a maniac and you came out on the other end of it and you like you're in a good place. It's, it's, uh, 
Dude, I, I if, think people... if that isn't the perfect opportunity to play this last song, I don't know what is. Because the song, the song think, is reborn. I think we probably have to let Jerry go back to building his shelves in his garage here. Yeah, well, his wife's I'm, probably getting, but I'm just, wife's getting pissed off at it right now. But I'm just saying, what you know, the thing that the thing that you just said, the last song we have to play is reborn. So that's uh, that, yeah. that t- ties that in perfectly. I mean, this song's about Larry Flink and he's shot. But oh, I mean, I guess. well, okay. There you go. Hey, hey. I, I, he saw the light. He saw the light. Nobody can call his. Nobody can call his magazine porn. <laughs> okay, I guess I didn't know what it was about. Okay, <laughs> gotta listen to the words, buddy. I thought gotta it was reborn. Is, reborn is reborn. It's just a different story. There you go. <laughs> I thought it all tied it up nicely in a little bow, but I well, guess I'll tell you what. You want to you want to play this and come back, Neil, or should we wrap it up and, and play the song? What do you want to do? No, we'll no, we'll play we'll play this and come back and say our goodbyes. I think I think that's fair. Okay. Don't you think? Sounds good. So yeah, Jerry A and the Kings of Oblivion with Reborn, which is apparently about Jerry Flint. So there you go. L- Larry Flint. Larry Flint. Mm-hmm. Larry Flint. I know you know your pornographers better than that. No, Larry, in, in, in England, I'm sorry, we didn't Larry, get we, we didn't get no hustler in England. Sorry, we got Mayfair. I thought I thought it was about Larry Tate from uh, Bewitched. <laughs> Bewitched, Bewitched. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, hey, let me say something to you guys out there. You know what? If anybody wants to write, look up Poison Idea, Big Cartel. I sell all the Poison Idea records, and we do make everything personal. We we send stuff. We send you, you know, it's, it's still still DIY. We it's DIY or die in this place. I mean, I'm sitting in my in my record strewn office right now, and it's a lot of lot of lot of music in here. And um, you know, that's all that's all I live for. That's what I was born to do, and I'm still doing it and having a good time. And so so 
come on in and share this moment. I'm glad you mentioned that because <laughs> as much as we love talking to people, sometimes we stink at helping them promote. So yeah, so Poison Idea, Big Cartel. I think if you Google Poison Idea, I think something, I think that comes up, right? Or or the uh, band. Yeah, just, yeah, you push that in, it'll pop up. And, all, and uh, also look for this. Look, look for the Jerry A and the Kings of Oblivion EP from last year because it was really damn good. So you should buy that too. You do like the social media, Jerry, or are you try to avoid that, like the plague. I I use it and don't let it use me. There you go. Good answer. So, wow. Is there so? I assume is there still a Poison Idea page, or people should look for Jerry A and the and the Kings of Oblivion? Yeah, you know what I. I do my my facebook and my all my different pages you know my, i'm even doing tiktok stuff now and, and trying to eat tide pods and stuff on there seeing how far i can push <laughs> <the band in. laughs> dancing dancing in front of places oh boy what uh, you gotta what you I'm gotta do to, what you gotta do to get that youth audience these days huh uh, young at heart <laughs> Well, thanks. So, yeah, thanks buy, so much for coming buy, on, man. Buy some records, and uh, Jerry will send them to you himself. He'll throw in a little something extra. Tell him that punchline I sent you. Yep, exactly. We're right. sell, selling tens of records, right, Tom? Yes, that's we, that's our slogan. <laughs> selling tens of records. <laughs> and buy the book. Feeling. The book. The book is called Black Heart Fades Blue. Um, buy all three volumes. And uh, yeah, it seems like it's. You a good got one. that? You got that at your store, or is that like an Amazon thing, or what's the best? Yeah, way to about I got, that? I got it, on, I got it on my store, and you know what? I don't want to say that I undersell anybody, but it's a little cheaper, and um, you know, and again, I've, I've write, I'll sign it to you, and and uh, you won't be sorry. Believe me, a lot of it, I haven't got one on the Amazon reviews. I haven't got one bad review, so yeah. everybody. Well, like out. I said, I I was reading the reviews, and I'm very fascinated by it. Even though it sounds like the childhood stuff could be a little rough, but it's uh, it's you know, like I said, all's well. That I guess it's well when it ends well. So, well, if it, if it wasn't rough, it would have made me who I am today. So that's true. But no, thanks for thanks for being so generous yep, with your time, Jerry. You. I really enjoyed talking to you. I, I thought we were going to have some uh, technical difficulties early on, but uh, no, it sounds you're crystal clear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, really, we really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what, man. If you guys do get around to reading the book, um, I pretty much think that you would want to talk to me again because that's a whole different uh, <laughs> monster. So. Is that right? It's funny because it, we, we said we just, you know, Channel 3, I'm sure. We just read Mike's book, and it was kind of about, like, this tour in 1983 or something. I said, uh, Mike, you definitely have to come back on after we read the book. He said, we'll see if you still want to talk to me after you read the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, re- I read Mike's book too. Yeah, it's good, right? It's good. It's a fun yeah. read. It's a fun read. I really enjoyed yeah. it. You know, I, I, I made, made me want to be in a stinky van and yeah, it made it sound like yeah. fun, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Well, yes and no. You know, different times though. Different times. You couldn't do that today. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks, and I hope to hear from you again. Cheers. Yeah, definitely, man. And uh, I, I am, I'm going to go on your website soon and order those books. And uh, yeah, man. Uh, we appreciate me, you coming on. Give me a favor. Give me a favor. Reach out to me and give me the link before you broadcast this, so I can like put it up on all my social media sites too. Absolutely, we'll man. Sure. Absolutely. Yep. People are people are gonna people are gonna love this. You you uh, you are right in our wheelhouse. You're right in our demographic. Old white guy demographic. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Let's not limit ourselves, <laughs> shall we? But anyway, yeah. Thanks so much. Well, thanks so much, Jerry. Yep. We appreciate it, man. Thanks. thanks. Um, Thank you, everybody. Stay, keep a little mark free. in your heart. Stay free. Smell you later, everybody. Bye-bye.
Okay, that brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart, and we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ah, <laughs> ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter. What a load of old shit. Thank you, fuck you, bye, boom. Okay.